Hello, everyone. Welcome to Developing Palettes. I am Aaron Loomis coming to you from the Drew Estate Studio. With me today is June Liu from the Box Press Studio, Seth Geis, and from the Pastania Studio, John McTavish. How are you guys doing this evening? Superb. Good, man. Looking forward to all the great cigars that are coming out to 2024, and I'm going to do an over-under on the number of times we get asked on our YouTube channel whether we like cigars or not, and the answer, of course, is we do not. That's correct. We liked a little. Uh, we liked a couple this year, I think. But yeah, otherwise, one no. Yeah. No more than probably two. Yeah. Um, you know, as people like to say, the shortest top twenty-five list in cigar industry. So, um, <laughs> that's appropriate, I guess. Um, all right. So, uh, we are gathered here today to talk about our top twenty-five list for twenty twenty-three. Um, we've kind of done this format the last four years or so. Um where we kind of have now combined our list together rather than, rather than doing individual lists. Um, so I think we're just going to kind of hop right into uh, how this works. And uh, I can hop into the criteria here. Uh, let's see if we can uh, figure out. <clears throat> no limited editions, the... no store exclusives. Mm, okay. uh, wait, what? It could be it. All right. Let me know if you could see this, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. Uh, so this is our criteria. Really, there's two pieces of information you need to know. Uh, only cigars that were released between September 1st of 2022 and October 31st of 2023 are eligible. Um, last year, with all that kind of supply chain issues and the number of cigars and when we could get them and all that stuff, uh, we kind of ended our year early. So we're catching back up. So we're starting at September 1st of 2022 and stopping at our normal uh, Halloween um, of the uh, kind of year that we're talking about. So this is getting us back on track. So that's the window. Uh, the other criteria is that the cigar has to have been reviewed on the site by all four members of the team. Um, we do not abandon our review process when it comes to top 25 time and just let everybody randomly pick whatever cigars they want and say, these were the best cigars of the year. We kind of stick to stick to our process here. So um, That would be a lot less work, though. It would be less work, but yeah. then... It's hard to kind of, you know, say that you're not biased and all That's those other things that kind of go into it. So, That's you know, true. it just, you know, all that stuff. So uh, we didn't re we didn't re-smoke anything. This was just based on the reviews during the year. So there's no retries or cigars that are scoring five times higher the second time you smoked them, any of those things. It's just what it was when we smoked for review. We got families and responsibilities, y'all, you know? True. We do the best true. we can. Um. All right. How the rankings work. Uh, 100 cigars were eligible this year. So that's what we kind of smoked in that time window. It's the same number that we did in last year's uh, review uh, scope. So that's kind of, I think, our sweet spot and where, where we're going to try to stick to going forward. So 100, 100 cigars in that, that window. Um, so basically the way it works, for each reviewer, the review score for the original review is used. Um, the top-rated cigar gets 100 points. Their bottom-rated cigar gets one point. That's the waiting the way it works. Uh, the scores for all the cigars are then added up across the four reviewers, and that's how we get the cigar score. And um, that's it. So it's a pretty simple process. I don't think there's much um, convoluted numbers or mathematics, algorithms, or any of the sort that is involved in that. So if that's all done. All the heavy lifting is done in our reviews. Top twenty-five time. It's it's pretty easy to put it together. So. Uh, anything else you guys want to add to this before we start, uh, hopping into this list? How many, we reviewed a hundred. 
well within this, I guess, fiscal year. But yeah, do you know how many we did last year? I'm just curious. Same if we month, do more, same, same, same month. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. It's just kind of. I think it's you know if we kind of go if you're kind of doing like two a week kind of a thing, get, get right around the hundred mark. Mm. Um, so I think that's kind of it works out for us. I think I think the only pressing question that might be on our audience's mind, and you might already have a section for this: What happens if there's a tie? Uh, if there's a tie, they will be listed as a tie. Um, and there, there, there are there is a tie on the list. So, um, thankfully, my biggest fear at the end of this is that we end up with a tie at 25, and we end up having 26 cigars on the mm. list or more. Uh, we did have that. I want to say maybe 2021. Yeah, maybe I think that was time. when we did. Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't happen this year. The tie was higher than that, so we we only have twenty five cigars on the list. So that's I, kind of a nice. I, I I mean, we haven't discussed this, but I think going forward, what we should do in the event of a tie, those two brands have to do either Rochambeau or Rock Paper Scissors, the PCA, to who gets that last spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we can we can do that. I think so. See how it goes. Um, all right, gents. Uh, I think we're going to hop into this now. So uh, I think we're ready to hit number twenty-five. We're going to go back, you know, bottom to top. Otherwise, um, it kind of loses some of the Be like some two of minutes fun, viewing time. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so here we go. Uh, number twenty-five is going to be uh, the Topper one hundred twenty-fifth anniversary. Uh, this was a cigar that was a long time coming. I think um, Chris had uh, talked to this about this, I think multiple trade shows uh, yeah. between PCA and TPE um, had given us a couple samples here and there until they were ready to come out. Uh, these are like original bands from, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, something like that, um, that they used for this project, which is pretty cool. Um, so uh, started with you, June, what we were, you know, kind of recollecting on this cigar, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, I've always thought that Popper made like pretty consistent cigars. Um, you know, I, I I thought that uh, it was, you know, it was definitely consistent as well. But this one kind of moved it up the notch. Um, you know, I thought it was really good use of uh, Connecticut broadleaf uh, in general. I I really liked. I think most Connecticut broadleaf that got released this past year, um, and this is no different. So, um, always, you know, pretty much consistent, really well priced all the time as well. Um, you know, it's a it's not really flashy brand, but if you want something that's consistent and typically good, I, I think people should look into these. How about you, John? You were pretty high on this one as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just even looking at the image, right? It's an anniversary cigar, and it's it's if anything, it's understated. And so, you know, when we reviewed this, it's kind of one of those cigars where you light it up and you take a few puffs, and you're like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Um, so it kind of caught me off guard, uh, and I agree with June. I think the, the representation of Broadleaf was really well done. It's an expensive tobacco now, so you, you kind of hope that the flavor profile is supporting that Broadleaf, and I think they did a great job. And we, you know, we don't talk about scores when it comes to scoring, but it's one of those things where it's like Connecticut Broadleaf is expensive. It's an anniversary cigar, and to be blunt, the MSRP of this is ridiculously affordable for what yes. you know pricing is in the market. Like Topper could have charged twenty dollars for this, and they didn't. So it's nice, definitely. Yeah, uh, and yeah, one of the things like you mentioned is the price. Uh, sometimes these anniversary cigars are quite expensive, um, and then just thinking that at one hundred twenty-five years, I mean, this cigar is um, quite price friendly. So um, 
well done a good cigar so i was glad to see this you know cigar finally make it make its appearance yeah. <laughs> uh as a release um it had kind of been teased for quite a while that it was coming um and uh yeah we're, we're there all right so we're gonna move up to number 24 and uh that is the casa 1910 soldadera edition teniente angela um i think this is this is the third series of of cigars that Casa 1910 had had come out with. Uh, the first batch was uh, in mid-Mexico. Uh, second batch, uh, I'm going to blow it here. Second batch was Dominican, I'm pretty sure, at La Isla. And then this is third batch from the Domin from Nicaragua, I believe. I may have it, I have the, may have the Dominican and Nicaragua mixed up, but we're going to go with the Nicaraguan uh, offering. I'll, I'll still use some Mexican tobacco, so stick into the roots of, of Casa 1910. Um, Seth, uh, I know you were very high on this one. Take us through it. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good Connecticut Robusto. Um, had like that cedar cream, like this raisin lemongrass quality to it. Um, it just, you know, it had like that solid island kind of quality Connecticut while just delivering that this raisin, you know, fruity quality with it. Um, yeah, just really enjoyable. Just it, a smooth, easy Connecticut. And it's like 16. That's not a bad price point. So it's a good stick. How about you, John? Yeah, uh, we've obviously done quite a lot of reviews of the Cast 1910. And, and so uh, this, to me, I think really struck a chord with the flair profile. Like, uh, it's a Habano. And I think what surprised me is that a lot of Habanos can just, it's just really spice forward. And that wasn't the case here. It was, you know, layered, nuanced, kind of really restrained at medium. And it smoked really well all the way through. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a nice cigar. And uh, like Seth said, I mean, three years ago, $16, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a little spendy. But in the current market, it's $16. It's like, yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So we're going to move up to our tie. So there is no number 23. There's going to be two number 22s. Uh, and these are in no particular order. Basically, they went in alphabetical order from top down. So the... The one that's more the further back of the al alphabet is going to be coming up first here. So uh, we're going to hop right into that. And uh, the cigar at number 22 tie is the HVC La Rosa 520 Rare of Rare. And uh, this is a um, highly anticipated cigar that I was looking forward to because um, it was going to be um, made in the United States, um, kind of from that 520 line, which has had a good run and all that. So um good to see that it made our list um and uh seth this is another one that you were pretty high on yeah this one was what ecuadorian sumatra on the wrapper i'm gonna I get this one right so um it's listen it was a good it was a good torpedo i really like this it was a really balanced stick um <clears throat> i remember talking about it was delivering that lighter ecuadorian sumatra flavor profile so it just had some some nice spices um some creaminess as well um it's just, you know, Rainer had a really good year. Um, and I was just really high on a lot of the stuff, but this was a fun thing, especially out of the US. And June, you had uh you like this one as well, right? Yeah, I didn't suck as much dick as Seth did for HVC, but um <laughs> No one did, man. No true, one did. True. Uh but this was yeah, this is good. I, I thought Rainier kind of um finding other, you know, uh factories uh to work with outside of taps i thought he did a great job um and doing this out of el titan i mean it has um you know he 
it it kind of shows me like he's a you know I, I think he knows where to source and and where to go for tobacco and, and blend um because you know um I kind of feel like sometimes when you just work with like especially one factory you could kind of be kind of a one trick pony um but he's shown that he could utilize you know, like multiple factories and still create that stuff that's fresh and new um, and, and keep it exciting. So, and this is no different. Um, all right. So let's get to the other cigar that is at the number 22 spot. And that cigar is the Alfonso Anejos number two um, in June. Another one that you were high on. Yeah. Um, this was a, these are really pricey, right? Yes. Okay. Um, that's kind of funny. That's the number one thing I remember about this cigar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, and this is a Nelson Alfonso, of course. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I thought that as expected of what I kind of, you know, when I have one of these like um, stuff that's made from Alfonso, like Nelson Alfonso, it, it's, it has to be just like, um, like really balanced, uh, almost like a luxurious kind of a smoke. Uh, and I thought they, they did this quite well. Um, you know, it, it doesn't quite remind me of like when I first started smoking those Atabase, um, nothing quite well because that original run of Atabase, um, was just like something special. It's not that special at all, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it, it kind of has that same DNA with the cigar. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right, so now we are moving up to number 21, um, and that is actually a cigar that we just published a review of this morning, and that cigar is the CLE PCA 2023 exclusive 50 by 5 um, and uh, John, you want to take us a little bit through this one? It's a boy. It's a boy. Yeah, as soon as they had the, I saw the baby blue, I was like, this is, this is definitely landing in the top 25. Um, no, I mean, obviously we were waiting for this. Um, it was kind of highly anticipated because talked a lot about before the show, talked about it at the show. Um, so, you know, one of those cigars, it just sort of quietly built anticipation. Um, you know, it was really complex in, 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 um, the flavors are integrated in an interesting way. And, and the, sometimes that's complicated. I think when you have a Connecticut shade, because you're kind of walking that balance between, making the flavors interesting versus just sort of doing a paint by numbers, typical Connecticut where it's, you know, creamy, hay, wood, whatever. And I think Christian did a really good job here of making it sort of a modern Connecticut shade without really moving too far outside of, you know, what the profile of a Connecticut shade is. And, you know, I think on a broader thing, I think we've been really digging a lot of what's been coming out of CLE and secondarily Jerry, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, but, um, you know, this is a really nice release. And, uh, I will say, I hope there's more PCA releases like this. Cause you know, this is an example of what a PCA exclusive is. Uh, I think retailers would be pretty happy. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, utilizing this, um, mysterious South American tobacco that That's right. knows, knows the source of. So that was, uh, something I was really looking forward to. And, uh, you know, not just this line, but also a couple of other lines utilizing that, that tobacco, but this one kind of spoke to me in regards to the being, you know, Connecticut shade and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the cigar, um, beautiful con construction as well. Um, it's just a kind of a pretty smooth smoke. I don't know that I'm, uh, talented enough to pick out this, this unique tobacco and the exact thing that it brought to the blend, but, um, you know, it was, it was enjoyable. So it, it was well done. And like you said, 
the going into the PCA exclusive process, like the whole thing was that you need to make it special. You can't just uh, like kind of tag along with the TAA process and see everybody, every brand is just going to put out one and we'll see how it goes. Like really there's, it needs to be something special to be able to kind of run that, you know, kind of run that uh, process and and make it something that people actually want to spend money on instead yep. of just saying, Oh, this yep. is another cigar from a brand that I think I have to buy. So, yeah. And I think if you're a CLE shop already, um, and I don't know if, you know, whether you would have had a chance to smoke a sample of the show, but I think if you're a CLE shop already, this is definitely one where you're like, okay, we definitely need to have this in our, in our portfolio on display. So, yep. Yep. Um, all right. So we've gotten through five so far, so we're going to do a quick, uh, review there. So if you're just kind of tuning in, you can kind of see the, uh, see the list here. Uh, I'm not going to read through them all that fast. So, um, you just take a look and pause it here if you need to, or whatever you want to do. Well, I think we're just going to keep, um, heading through, uh, the list. So now we are going to get to uh, cigar number 20. Uh, and that cigar is the Rocky Patel DBS Robusto. Uh, and John, you can uh, get a start on this one as well. Yeah, listen, man, it's got three bands, you know, like everyone knows if you put three bands in a cigar, I'm going to give it a six, seven, five. That's just, that's it. No, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting cigar because when when I heard the combination, so I think uh, it's Mexican San Andre on the wrapper, and then it's got Honduran broadleaf, Nicaraguan broadleaf, and Pennsylvania broadleaf. And you know, being the master blender that I am, I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Like, there's there's no way that's that's too much broadleaf, and you can't combine Honduran broadleaf and Nicaraguan broadleaf. That's just going to be a hot mess. Uh, I'm glad to eat my words on that. It was uh, it was really interesting, and um, you know, I think maybe in my head I was kind of expecting this sort of really earthy palate coating profile, and you know, kind of anything but. Um, I might actually think, thinking back on Rocky's releases the last few years, this this might be my favorite release of Rocky's in possibly the last three years. Um, it's it's just a really really well balanced cigar and uh, you know enjoyed it thoroughly. Seth, you were also pretty high on this one. Yeah, I mean, I I'm with John. Um, they did a really good job of going with that double broadleaf and really, you know, we've talked about how there's some good ones and some bad ones. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't. I went into this thinking I don't think Rocky's going to be able to pull this one off. He actually, I actually really enjoyed it. So there you go. Um, lots of flavors, really complex, full, um, strength and body, good construction. John said shit ton of bands. Yeah, the bands actually looks a lot of bands, but I actually bands. really liked, I like the coloring on the bands though. So it's yeah, like, he did a good job. So I liked, I liked it. All right. We are up to number 19. And that cigar is the JRE Aladino Limited Edition. Uh, this was a fantastic cigar. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the, at JRE, they're doing wonderful things with Honduran tobacco. Um, not all of them are a hit for me, but when they are when they put it together well, um, it really it really works for me. So, just really balanced, elegant flavor profile in this cigar. Um, not crazy expensive, but also not something that's uh, cheap like some of their other, uh, you know, other lines that uh, have are more, much more price conscious. But I think it's kind of right there in that sweet spot for kind of where the market is at the time and and what it delivers. It's it's just a really a really wonderful cigar. What were your thoughts on it, Seth? I I loved it. 
I mean, I remember saying if you took the bands off of this and you didn't tell people this was Honduran, I think you could convince people that it wasn't Honduran, and mm. I think it would probably sell a lot. Um, really balanced, complex. Aladino's just solid. They just can do a really good job and keep the price point really good. So <clears throat> even their limited editions, which it's kind of... I think we take them for granted with with Jerry just because of their access. So yep. we should be thankful for them, though. This is good. Yep. All right, hopping up to number eighteen. Uh, we are at the Black Label Trading Company Bishop's Blend Novembrialis Toro. Um, and uh, John, get us started with this one. Yeah. So uh, I think I think this represents it. I think this is like a ten year anniversary for their, um, if I'm not mistaken, their Bishop's Blend and. Uh, I'm a huge fan of obviously Black Label in general. Uh, I've been a huge fan since the original Bishop's Blend started. I think I've got like I don't know two or three boxes of the various years. Um, and I think you know one of the things we noticed this year is you can kind of go one of two ways with a limited edition that's supposed to represent a line, like it's supposed to be a, a mark of a time of a cigar line that's been out. You can either go sort of very very full bodied and sort of try to represent maybe a little more intensity in the cigar or you can go in a different direction. And I think this to me represented a different direction, which was it still has the core elements of what a Bishop's blend is, which is, you know, it's a lot of heavier tobaccos, a lot of intense flavors. Um, but he, but James Brown kind of dialed that back where he said, okay, well, you know, there's some room in here to put in nuance and subtlety and, and maybe some softer flavors that you wouldn't necessarily expect out of something that's really traditionally, medium full, full bodied. Um, and I think he accomplished that at least for me, uh, you know, speaking as a guy who really likes their blends. Um, and then, you know, the icing on the cake was, you know, okay, well, you know, it's probably going to be like 18 to $20 and it's like, Nope, <laughs> it's going to be the same old affordable, uh, price that we always do. And it's like, wow. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of nice for people who, don't want to drop $20 on a, on a limited edition slash, uh, commemorative release. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty happy with that all, all across the board, I'd say. And Seth, you really enjoyed this one as well. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I've also just really liked to see the growth of like black label and James Brown over the years. I, I just think that the blends have become a little bit more complex. Um, there's balance to them, but there's still that full and strength and body. Um, it's it's they're just smoking really well it's he's he's delivering really rich strong flavors but it's smokable um so yeah good for them all right we are up to number 17 and that cigar is the monte cristo fsg toro this is actually a store exclusive for corona cigar company as you can imagine being uh utilizing the fsg tobacco so uh monte cristo and fsg teamed up Placencia making the cigar. So um, I think you have some uh, good pedigree there in, in kind of bringing this together. And um, Johnny could take us through this one again. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this pick might be a little divisive. Um, you know, I think typically when we've done FSG reviews, I think it's it's one of those tobaccos where uh, you're kind of either a fan of FSG or you're not. And so, you know, I'm not going to try and talk anyone out there who's not a fan of FSG into it, but. Uh, I think what they did really well here is that they've done that thing where they say, okay, you know, FSG can be a little intense or it can be a little dominant. So we're going to find a way to really integrate it into a profile that's uh, complex and 
sophisticated and interesting and, and still make it so that you're enjoying the FSG elements without it taking over. And I, I mean, I don't want to say I was shocked, but like, this is certainly one of the top ways I've tasted a cigar that is integrated FSG. And then on top of that, you look at the strength level and I was, you know, typically with an FSG, it tends to be a little on the stronger side. And I think they really managed to hold back at like a, like I would call it a medium minus all the way through. So I was like, you know, I wasn't expecting this cigar, but uh, I'm glad we had the chance to review it because it was enjoyable for sure. Yep. Seth, what are your thoughts on this one? Caught myself on that one. Um, no, it's like John, like John said, it, this was one of those times where you could really kind of get a more balanced um, FSG kind of flavor profile. It was, it wasn't over the top. It was just a little bit lighter. So you, you could still pick up the flavors and it was really approachable for a lot of smokers. So it's, I think it's, it's a great little thing that Jeff's got and it's something worth trying if you really want to just kind of get something lighter while also still tasting that FSG quality, even though, you know, however much is in the blend. Absolutely. Sorry. You know, for something completely different. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I guess it's time Uh, for the uh, summary, right? We're doing a summary. uh, No, we got one more before the the summary. Yeah. We're going to do one more for the summary. All right. Um, All right. So number 16. We are at the Mirafel Mir Robusto. And um, John, you're going to start us off with this one again. Actually, take a sip. Uh, I feel like, um, so this this cigar kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, fortunately, I kind of went into it relatively blind. I didn't look at the profile. I didn't look at the blend. Fortunately, I didn't look at the price. Um, but, you know, it's kind of one of those cigars where it's like it's, 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 um, for lack of better description, it's a very European style of tobacco where um, you, you're not necessarily getting all the flavors in, unless you actually reach for them. And so, you know, at times it was medium, um, but it did make me work a little bit. And, and I actually appreciate that. I mean, that's one of the things that I enjoy when we get European type or European exclusive cigars to review is that they're not quite blended in the same way that a lot of U.S. blends are. Um, and that's nice. Uh, I mean, if I had a complaint and I don't really have a complaint, I, I just kind of wanted it to be a little longer. I wanted it to be, you know, more of, of a smoking time because, uh, it was like four and seven eighths or four and five eighths or something like that. So it was a little yeah. under five inches. Um, but you know, that's, that's certainly one of those cigars where I think, uh, a year or two from now, people are going to be like, Hey, remember when Miraful put out the cigar in 2023 and be like, yeah, yeah, we smoked that and it showed up on our list. Um, so it's nice to, nice to have the opportunity to review it for sure. All right. Seth, how about your thoughts? It, it was, it, you know, it's one of those. You might've unpl- gotten unplugged from it. I unplugged your mic. Oh, you're bring your, bring your mic down or something. There he is. Check. Hey buddy. How's that man? Check, check. That? We good to go? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uno, dos. There we go. Um, listen, it was, it was a fun stick. I mean, it was super pricey. It was, I enjoyed the flavor profile. It, it was fun to smoke. You could get that African qual- tobacco quality. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. It was kind of one of those, I think there was a lot of hype to it. And I was glad I smoked it. Um, yeah, there we go. I don't know. Right. 
It's kind of the flavor profile that you kind of expected to get. Right. All right. So we've made it through 10 cigars. So I'm going to give you a little re- another re- recap here. So uh, these are our 16 through 25. Uh, if you're catching us uh, after this started, just kind of catch you back up to, to what we've made it through so far. Um, I'm not going to read through them, but you can uh, take a pause here if you need to, to kind of look through that. And uh, we are going to get to cigar number 15. And uh, that cigar is the Espinosa Las Seis Provincia CMW. And um, John, this was your favorite cigar this year. So why don't you talk about it? Yeah, it's definitely my favorite cigar. Um, And, you know, I've enjoyed the Las Seis Provincia's line. So I would say I, I didn't necessarily go into this expecting anything other than a good cigar. Um, but I don't think I went into it expecting it a cigar that was going to deliver at this level. Um, and I think what caught me off guard is that, you know, Espinosa and I'm, I smoke a lot of Espinosa cigars. I think they typically have a habit of blending for a bit of a punch in the face when it starts out. I mean, that's kind of the, their, their trademark is like you get that really slap, like the, like the slapping competitions, but with spice and, I kept waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And it just didn't happen. It was just, you know, balanced and subdued, uh, rich and creamy and flavorful. And then that sort of developed for me into the second third is like this Mexican hot chocolate combination of like chili spices and cinnamon. And I was like, Oh boy, this is, this is really nice. Um, so I think by the end, uh, I kind of came away from this going, you know what, this this is probably my favorite Las Es Provincias that's, that's come out. Um, so, yeah, super tasty. And Seth, you enjoyed it as well, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, John mentioned it, it was really rich. Um, I got a lot of nice nice spice mocha. Um, I'd have to go back again, but I, I think I also thought this was probably one of the better best ones they did. I think um, you did. It just really, it was, it smoked great from beginning to end. Nice construction, really great, great quality. So yeah, I highly recommend. Good Venn diagram for the uh, Seth John uh, Nicaragua originating plan profile, which doesn't happen very often, but (laughs) certainly happened here. All right. We're going to go up to number 14 and that cigar is the Davidoff year of the rabbit limited edition 2023. Uh, I found the cigar to be quite uh, interesting, um, flavorful, uh, enjoyable. Um, shows that Davidoff can still uh, put it together when they want to and uh, deliver something that was quite special. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think you felt the same way, Seth. Yeah, no, I I, I loved it. I thought it was, you know, I, was, I remember making the joke. It was fun that they did, a, you know, a little perfecto and so forth, but you know, it's just kind of, I feel like we smoked so many this year that it's like, let's take a break from them for a little while guys. So that they're fun again. Um, But it it just had that, had a really good Davidoff quality. There was like some lemon zest, some herbal quality, some cedar, really enjoyable, earthy, rich, nice, nice from beginning to end. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to lucky number 13. And that cigar is the HBC Selection Number One Natural Essentialis, and uh, we're gonna throw it back to you, Seth. I mean, listen, it was it was fantastic. I think wasn't this one of his first cigars out of his new factory or something? Uh, I think this one came after the uh, regular uh, Selection Number One, so it came after that one. But yes, one of the one of the early cigars from the new yeah, it's just. 
barnyard leather, nutty, toasty coffee, great flavors. I mean, it just smoked wonderful. Loved it. June, you also enjoyed this. Yeah, it's uh it's great for the money too, being only like sub eight dollars. Um I, I did we well I think HVC did so well. Well they did very well on our list. Can't spoil the rest of the list. Spoilers. <laughs> All right. Moving up to number twelve. And that cigar is the Espinosa Knuckle Sandwich, Connecticut Short Churchill G. Uh, so this is the third iteration uh, from the Knuckle Sandwich line after the uh, Maduro and the Habano. Finally got to the Connecticut. And uh, John, take us through this one. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the uh, the regular Knuckle Sandwich line. So um, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say I wasn't necessarily expecting the Connecticut to hit for me because... You know, you look at the profile and you're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know how that's going to work with a with a Connecticut style wrapper, but uh, made me a liar yet again. Um, you know, and I would describe this as sort of the more modern upmarket Connecticut. So you you still retain sort of that really nice creaminess and a little bit of wood uh, tobacco notes from from the sort of Connecticut side of things, and then you know just enough uh, flavor intensity through the second and last third. To, to sort of keep that Espinosa type style of blending quality. Um, but, but not too far, I think. So, um, kind of walked a bunch of lines, uh, the, the profile, the, um, pardon me, the Vitola is really nice at the 40, I think it's a 48 ring gauge. Uh, and I think it's got a soft box press. It's a really comfortable cigar to smoke. Um, and I think I got like two hours, 17 minutes or something like that out of it. So good value too. Um, yeah, this is nice, nice cigar. And, uh, Gene, you also enjoyed this one. Yeah, just bouncing back what uh, uh what John was saying. Um, it has all the things that you love in a Connecticut shade, all that creaminess, sweetness. Um, does a really good job of not being you know um overly bitter, um or like grassy quality to it. Um, and then it has a little bit more added spice than your typical Connecticut shade, which is uh it's a welcoming thing for the cigar. So, yeah. All right, moving on to uh cigar number eleven. And that is the Drew Estate Liga Pravada H99 Connecticut Rojo Papas Fritas. And uh, Seth, this was your number one cigar of the year. Loved it, man. Junior, like shocked by this. Actually, listen, I've smoked a crap ton of these, man, since these were released. These are, I did these too, are like my, <laughs> I've smoked, these are my things to smoke when limited time I have and so forth. But it's, um, you know, I wasn't really crazy about the H H99 Connecticut's when we first smoked them. Um, but in the Pompous Fritas form, it's a completely different scar. It's just tons of flavor in this little compact stick that's really affordable. Um, <clears throat> the burn was great. The draw was great. It's They're really consistent, too. Um, I smoked a lot of them, and they all deliver great flavor profiles. I know it sounds like stupid and who knows how the batches will be down the road, but they've smoked really great. If, if people haven't tried them yet because they didn't like the H99, they should. So I loved it. I don't know if anyone was close to me though. Yeah. June also uh, really enjoyed this. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what Seth was saying, totally agree. Um, I think I smoked through 12 all of these. Oh yeah, we smoked at least 15. five. Yeah, at least five. Yeah, I mean, but, if uh, we had bundles of this, you know, they they would just get destroyed. Honestly, yeah, they're yeah. they're really affordable. You can buy like, yeah, I mean, they're super affordable. Yeah, you know, and probably, maybe, you know, 
Sorry, Seth, what are you saying? No, I was going to say they're probably a great smoke right now. I don't know if I'd smoke them like in the summer on the beach or something. They might be a little too much for that, but like this wintertime and fall, they're great. No, and this is a, I love the size. Like I, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's so much of this. Well, maybe not the recent Cuban cigar market, but, um, you know, I I wish there was more of the size for you to just, you know, take, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes or so and just be done with it. Right. And if you're not Mm -hmm. light up another one and that's exactly what this is. Um, in, in, yeah, in and, and, and sorry, you know, and the palate holds really well too. It's it's uh it's one of those where you know I've smoked other cigars and I go back to this and you know um you know palate I mean I know palate fatigue is based upon like probably more so what kind of cigars you smoke right the but I felt like even you know smoking a couple of them going to this um, it was almost refreshing because it's such a like you it had a like this really unique like fruitcake kind of like stone fruit kind of quality to it that I really love. And yeah. I had it at every single one of those that I smoked. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say uh, to your point about the size June, I think w- what I like about it is um, we've smoked cigars that are, that are shorter than this. And so I think the length of it is like just kind of perfect. Like I wouldn't want this cigar a half inch or three quarters of an inch shorter. Cause I feel like a lot would be lost. So it, it kind of is that perfect sweet spot for, for length. No. Oh. All right, we've made it through 15 cigars so far. Uh, give you a little bit of a recap as to where we're at. So these are number 11 through 25. So uh, if you're just kind of joining us late, you can kind of catch up to to where we're at. Um, so if you need to read through this list, uh, maybe try to pause it and, and take a look at it and catch back up. But uh, we are going to get into the top 10 here. What? Um, yeah, yeah. I thought we were going to broadcast that tomorrow and leave people hanging. Uh, we could, no, I thought I we were going to broadcast it once, one, 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 per, one, day. one per day. One per day. We could do that. Nice. Drag it out. Yeah, and then <laughs> share it on all social media. And... Yeah. No, and then number one and number two is going to be on our Patreon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, who was DP's number one? Uh, I don't know. Got to pay know? to play, baby. Got to pay to play, baby. Yes. It's an expensive year, man. We're going to pay the bills. I love it. A pay to play. Man, I All wonder right. if you could get away. I wonder if like CA could get away with that. Oh yeah, I think that would be the death, the death of it if they just if they did that. I don't think anybody would care at that point. <laughs> Nobody cares enough to pay to see the lists. <laughs> They're just one person would pay, and then they would just say it on social media, and then it's over. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, but we got that one motherfucker to pay, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you give him a <laughs> every year, that one fucking year, that guy who does it, that one year, I'm gonna rip him a fucking new one the whole year until the next year when we get another guy. <laughs> All right, number ten, the Illusione original documents, Habano, Corona, Gorda, uh, and we're gonna start with you on this one, Seth. I mean, look, it's surprising what happens when you leave Topsa, right? So, I mean, I hate to, <laughs> Alan wanted to know if I was going to get vicious. There you go. There it is. So, um, yeah, original documents, Habano, something really new. He went with AJ. It was just balanced. It was, I mean, shit, man. It was nice to smoke in original documents that just was pleasant from beginning to end. Nice construction, really good flavors, nothing like out of the park, but it was just core you know, Nicaraguan and Habano qualities. Yeah. Uh, and your thoughts, June? Yeah, I uh, it's, uh, agree with what I said, man. I agree. It, it's yeah. good. Say but it. 
you feel bad. You know, I still feel bad. I, I know, you know, for me, Tabsa isn't as what it used to be, and Aganorsa Tabago isn't what it used to be. I associate Aganorsa with Dion. Yeah. And uh, one of my first loves of uh, premium cigars is uh, Dion's, you know, Aganorsa stuff. So, but hey, you know, aside from all that, this is a this is a great cigar. This is surprising. I, I was ready to shit on it, but uh, I ended up liking it. Yeah, I've lost count how many of these I've smoked this year. It's a lot. <laughs> All right, we're up to number nine, and that cigar is the Tatuaje 20th Anniversary Grand Marve. And uh, John, you're going to start, or sorry, Seth, you're going to start Whoa. us out with this Jeez, one. Man, I just keep on rolling <laughs> these things. So I, it's, we just did this pretty recently, didn't we? Yes. I feel like we did. Yeah. I mean, the, listen, the it's published when, last Wednesday or last Monday. I, I think, think, I think this is, I think, I think I said this was probably the best cigar to come out of my father. You know, I think Pete's done amazing stuff out of Miami, but I think this is the best thing he's done out of my father down in Nicaragua. I think it's one of the better things to come out of there in a while. And they've smoked some good stuff, but it was just, it delivered that tatuaje quality. Um, it was just, you know, really hit on every flavor profile. The size was fantastic. Um, <clears throat> great construction. Loved the wrapper. The band against it looked really good. Um, I fucking felt cool smoking it, man. So <laughs> it's just, I was like, look at this, kids. So I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, it's a great stick. Yeah, I'm agree with you. Um, really well done. Um, you know, I, I'm not the biggest Tatuaje fan. Like I, I kind of suffered through the the Tuxla experiment last year. Yeah, I know you guys all loved them. I just it just wasn't for me. But then we get to this cigar, and it smokes so well, and it's priced so well, and um, I don't know. It just everything came together for this cigar for me. So, um, really well done. Um, looking forward to smoking more of these. Um, yeah, it's 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 just a really nice anniversary cigar i'm really looking forward to the uh the one that's gonna be made in the united states the blue banded one uh john and i had a chance to smoke that in uh vegas last year oh yeah um and really enjoyed that so uh, hopefully it stays on on par with this one it will be be in good shape uh all right we're gonna move up to number eight and uh this is the jre aladino classic elegante uh, and I will say I was not a fan of the classic uh, in its previous Vitolas. Um, really not a fan. But it seems that they there's some magic that they sprinkle in their Lanceros, the Elegantes, that really just makes the blend come together. And that was no different with this classic. And I can't tell you how far apart I am on like the I think it was the Rothschild I think that we smoked compared to this night and day difference. Really elegant smoke. Super flavorful, great construction, just worked out really well. Um, and it's it's sub ten dollars. Like everything that you what kind of want in a cigar is in this cigar, and I, I'd say beautiful. Um, but June, you also enjoyed this cigar, yeah. Um, <laughs> so th- this is like behind the scenes numbers, or it's not really behind the scenes. You can really dig into our website if you wanted to. But uh, I'm usually the one that hates. GRE cigar reviews. Uh, for instance, if I remotely liked the uh, what is the other one that we just it was our uh, the limited edition. Yeah, the limited edition one. Um, that would have been top ten for sure because the rest of you guys really liked it. And typically, I'm the one that doesn't really like GRE stuff. But uh, aside from this, I, I really like this one. Um, 
I thought it was, you know, elegant, uh, really balanced, um, you know, quality wrapper, obviously, given this, you know, Lancero format. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, maybe, I don't know what it is. Maybe I don't like Honduran Cameroon, maybe. Could be. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It but uh, it just, it most of it doesn't hit my palate, but this one was really good. I would love to smoke more of these. Nice. All right. We are going to go to number seven. And that cigar is the Romacraft Intemperance Volstead VO 1920 Noble Experiment. Long name, but we are going to start off right back with you, June. Yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> I typically don't like Romacraft. I think most some of the cigar kind of tastes like a, uh, might I say, dirty ashtray. Too much but, tobacco, uh, or? yeah, too much tobacco. But this one. Was really strong, uh, a lot of tobacco, but uh, I thought the flavors were um, the best way to pair a lot of strength for me is like having really full, uh, like kind of not punch in your mouth flavors, but like really full flavors, right? Um, that complements strength, right? So it's like, you know, um, a lot of like spice, a lot of black coffee, um, and it was really good. Like it was really oily smoke. Um, and I was really surprised, uh, so surprised that um, I think I bought a couple at the near <laughs> local BNM, but I haven't smoked it again. All right, John, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, listen, I really enjoyed the notes of aged, well-fermented tobacco. I mean, those are definitely the, my favorite flavor notes that were contained within this. The only um, notes you got, I think. But. Yeah, that's right. Um, so... I mean, for people who aren't necessarily aware, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who are not familiar with Romacraft and maybe not familiar with the Intemperance line. The Intemperance line has been around for a hot minute. And for me, it's one of the more consistent lines because you've got the EC, which is the Ecuadorian Connecticut. You've got the BA, which is the uh, Brazilian Araparaca. Um, and then I can't remember the third one because I'm a goof. Um, <clears throat> but the EC and the BA are, have always kind of been staples for me. Um, EC a little bit on the lighter side, BA a little bit on the more forward side. And so when I heard he was kind of going with another, like a fourth iteration, I was like, boy, that's going to be tough because that's a pretty full line already. And, you know, with other people, it's been my experience that when you try to do a line extension, it they don't quite make the same level of, you know, goodness as the other. Um, this, again, we're talking about how much of a liar I am because uh, to me, this is probably now, not probably, this is my favorite intemperance expression, um, which really surprised me. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting, I was expecting to like it. I wasn't expecting it to like it this much. And then, you know, you look at the fact that it's Ecuador and Sumatra, and we've seen, Seth can attest to, we've seen some pretty disastrous Ecuadorian Sumatra representations this year. So I was like, oh, I don't know Ecuadorian Sumatra, but um, all of that. And then you factor in the price point, which I had to do a double take at, or I'm like, what? Um, so yeah, these will be, these will be probably along with the EC and probably the BA. Um, this will be a regular staple in my humidor going forward. Um, it's just, it's a really nice expression. And, uh, obviously there's a ton of sizes too. So, you know, if you for whatever reason, don't like that 1920 size, um, there's lots, lots and lots of, or a noble experiment size, pardon me. There's uh, lots of different sizes. So why don't you pile on here, Seth? It was good, man. Cause I, listen, I, I went into it kind of think it was going to go one, another direction just based off of skips blends but I, I just found it to be really balanced 
Um, it didn't smoke like a lot of his other stuff. Um, yeah. It was so it was very, it was a really good Ecuadorian Sumatra. Um, I think I made the joke like I'm, I'm not going to smoke the other Vitolas and, and and fuck that fuck it up and just smoke <laughs> this one. So um, it's one of those. I I'd, I'd be interested to smoke it again just because I really like Ecuadorian Sumatra. Um, you know, looking back on it, I really wonder how it ages. Mm. Um, so it just it smokes really different than a lot of other of skip stuff. So I, it was cool. All right, we get to number six. That cigar is the Blackwork Studio S and R twenty twenty three Corona Larga, and uh, for this we're gonna hop back to you, John. Yeah, man, it's a good cigar. Um, you know the 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 fun thing about well, Skip as well. Um, James Brown at Black Label Trading Company has sort of taken what I think has been largely a gimmicky thing of barber poles and turned it into something that like is really um, both visually appealing, but also also. Uh, he blends it for flavor. It's not just for visual. Um, you know, and then he adds little touches like the uh, curly, curly cap and that sort of thing. Um, this isn't, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's definitely along the fuller side. Um, cause a lot of cigars they make are, um, but it doesn't really line up with anything else necessarily in their portfolio for me. Uh, a lot of, a lot of sort of the nuttier side of things like sunflower seeds, uh, you know, maybe some cashews, cinnamon, nutmeg, graham cracker, uh, a lot of tobacco notes, but really nice tobacco notes that don't kind of leave that dirty, you know, dirty burned leaf taste on your mouth. Um, this is just a delight to smoke. Great, great format too. I mean, I really like a Corona Larga. So, um, yeah, this is, this is a fun cigar to smoke for sure. And you, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, it's it's a typical James Brown kind of a, a you know higher strength cigar, um, but I thought it also had some really nice complexities to it as well. Uh, which you know, that's I feel like when I smoke James Brown's blends, it's it's like, hey, is it going to be strong? Yeah, it will be. But the real question is, is it going to pair um, that strength with like nice flavors and, and boldness and flavors. Um, if he knows that, then usually so it's, it's a winner for me, but you know, um, but even with that said, even though I liked it, it's not something that I, you know, smoke very often. I don't like being gut punched with nicotine and <laughs> cigar. So yeah. yeah. All right. We have made it through 20 cigars. Uh, so we are going to take a little, uh, quick look at, uh, where we are at this point. And, uh, you can see the cigars 6 through 25 here. If you're just kind of joining us late, this will catch you up as to where we're at. Uh, we had one tie at the 22 mark, uh, but otherwise uh, the list is uh, going to be devoid of ties from here on out. Um, all right. It's top five time. So let's get into it. All right. Cigar number five is the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Me Corita Black Papa Saka. And uh, I found this cigar to be quite wonderful. Um, I'm glad that Steve finally listened to us and stopped making everything so fucking big. And he got brought stuff down and we concentrated <laughs> it into this flavorful thing. Um, it's def definitely uh, not the same as the Saka Khan, that big monstrosity that, um, while still good, not didn't wasn't as focused on flavors, but this really did the job for me. So uh, something I really enjoyed. And uh, I think you enjoyed it as well, June. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how he's been coming out with Connecticut Broadleaf 
you know, every single year, you kind of figure at some point, I kind of figure at some point, when is it going to stop and just be mm-hmm. all the same shit? But no, he he still does really well coming out with, you know, um, blends that are, you know, not drastically altered, uh, but altered enough to, to bring uh, like a, you know, different level of flavors or strength uh, and ultimately, you know, still blend really good heavier tobaccos and then uh, put it out there and to make it delicious. Yeah, I think I think I think what what so because Junior just talking about the Blackworks and you were like it's kind of a gut punch. What I really like is like this is this is a full flavored cigar. Like there's no question that like from the hop is a full flavored cigar. But he he keeps the um, the sort of strength of the cigar right at medium the whole way through. So like at no point do you kind of feel overwhelmed by it or like does it feel too too much? Um, and I've I've actually lost count of how many I've smoked in this. Like it's got to be. It's, I mean, I think I've smoked a box um, just in singles um, because it, it, you just kind of keep coming back to it. Um, yeah, I mean, he really he really knocked it out of park with this one. This is a great yeah. – I mean, I know it's a line extension, but bravo. Yeah, yeah. Seth agrees with all our sentiments as well. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Get to number four. The cigar is the Gurkha Collection Especial Lonsdale. This is not a Lonsdale, so don't let them fool you, but they're going to call it that, but it was still a good cigar. So, yeah, name council doesn't uh, prove it. <laughs> Thoughts on this Gurkha? It was a fantastic Connecticut. It just was, it smoked great from beginning to end. Nice balance, great body and strength, complex flavors. It's just one of those, I kept smoking it like, what? 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 Really? So it was just, it, it was great. Um, I, I know we smoked another Gurkha afterwards and that was not as great, but you know, it was, this was fantastic out of PDR. It was just, yeah, I'd smoke these all the time. John. Yeah. Um, I had obviously a very similar experience to Seth and, you know, I tend to go into these blinds. So, uh, I didn't, you know, I just assumed it was Connecticut shade, but I think it's actually a Mexican Sumatra wrapper. And I was like, what? And then, uh, I think it's got broad Connecticut broadleaf in the filler. And I was like, what, what is going on right now? Um, but man, oh man, what a nice profile, creamy, bready, um, just kind of a, you know, I'd call this kind of a modern take on a, on a Connecticut broadleaf where you kind of blend out that grass, like, uh, Jim was alerting to earlier, you blend out that sort of grassiness and you blend out a lot of that sort of bitter wood and you just leave the creaminess and some bread left and you get this and it's like, huh. Okay. Yeah, this works. All right, June. Yeah, I I kind of forgot about reviewing this cigar since so long. <laughs> um, but it's kind of funny that that you know I first look at Gurkha and you're like PDR. Usually, it doesn't create much fanfare when you look at it from the literature of that. But um, but hey, I mean that's why uh, that's why you got to smoke them to know, right? So. Um, yeah, but man, this is number four. This is number four. That's a uh, that's interesting. High praise. Yeah. All right, we are now at the podium positions, and uh, we are going to go with number three. Is this is this where um is this where Mercedes comes in? Is that the? I, I don't know. You can tell me if this brand is Mercedes or not. Fair enough. The High Clear Castle Sanetter. Uh. 
I'm going to say Guadalupe, maybe the best cigar ever to come out of AJ Fernandez's factory. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can go as far as saying that. Um, no, I'm not a fan of AJ Fernandez's uh, factory releases. Um, you can all attest to that. It's just not not my thing, but uh, the cigar was quite good. Um, I enjoyed it. It's quite expensive, but uh, this limited release is now a regular release. So there you go. Um, so you can get your hands on it if you want to spend that much money. But uh, John, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't. Um, it's funny you said the best cigar to come out of AJ, and I didn't really think about it until you said that. But yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Um, it's it's quite remarkable what um, what Nick has managed to do with this. Uh, I think I think the 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 Vitola is a little imposing because. You know, I would say typically with a larger Vitola, um, we haven't necessarily had the best experiences. So I was a little hesitant because I was like, man, I really hope this cigar doesn't lose steam at the halfway part. Um, but it really didn't. Um, it wasn't linear. It wasn't muddled. Um, just really rich tobacco notes. Um, you know, lots of sort of stone fruit. Uh, and um, he didn't he didn't pull punches on the uh, on the strength. Um, it's it, I mean, obviously you can you can see the wrapper. I mean, it's a gorgeous looking cigar, but. Uh, I think the profile matches quite nicely. So not not inexpensive, but, uh, you know, sometimes the things in life are not free, and this is one of those. June, your thoughts? I think Joe Rogan will love this cigar. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I think Joe Rogan will really like this cigar. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway. Because it's a good cigar. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would probably go as far as to say Nick is probably the best uh, uses AJ tobacco the best out of anybody that I've seen. It's like, it's it's good the stuff that he comes out with the uh, out of AJ. So but yeah, this was awesome. Beautiful rapper too. I totally remember this rapper and how um, beautiful it was. Yeah, how beautiful it was. All right, Seth, your thoughts. Beautiful rapper. Beautiful so, rapper. <laughs> no, it it. <sighs> I thought it was going to be a decent cigar going into it. Um. I think Highclere has done a really. I've gained a lot more respect for Highclere, and I think the more I've smoked a lot of their blends, you're, you and you spent time with them after, especially during the when we did the show with them on the gin. Um, really went into like smoking some other Vitolas and was like, oh wow, you know, actually, it's like this is actually really. I should give these this brand more attention. Um, so I was I, I gave this one. I went into it knowing that it was going to be kind of a premium, but it was actually really good. A really good cigar. Um, I think you're right that it is probably one of the better blends to come out of AJ. I do think Nick does fantastic stuff with AJ tobacco. Um, you know, the funny thing is, I, I tagged John and Nick on this. I was looking at this High Claire thing today, and there was like talking about this Temple of Diana thing. I was like, hey, next limited edition for High Claire Castle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick Malilla liked it. I was like, you should do it. So, I mean, I'll be interested to smoke them on regular production. I don't production. I don't think they'll be the same, but I hope they're amazing. All right. We are at number two, and that cigar is the HBC Selection number one Essentialis. Um, So, John, take us through your thoughts on this one. Yeah. um, So, whenever for people aren't aware, when people start their own factory, uh, it's been my experience that there's a break-in period and usually that break-in period can be a little rough. Um, first few releases can be, you know, you're kind of hoping to sort of get over that hurdle. Uh, Rainier decided to go in another direction and he just decided to come out of the gate swinging with bangers. And this is one of those where 
Um, I, and I didn't realize there had been a factory change until I reached out to Aaron. Like, I don't know. I think I was like two inches in and I was like, where in the fuck did this come out of? And he's like, Oh, this is Rainier's new factory. I'm like, Oh my God. So yeah, this was, this was definitely one of those cigars where you, you light it up, you take six puffs and you're like, wow. Okay. This is, this is something else. Um, and you know, the thing is it's Mexican San Andre and you know, we've certainly had a lot to say over the last couple of years about Mexican San Andre and how it's a little played out for a lot of blends. And yet here's Rainier going, no, there's, there's a lot of different ways in which you can express Mexican San Andre and how, how would you like something that tastes good? <laughs> We're like, okay, that sounds nice Rainier. Thank you very much. All right. Seth. Oh, also, sorry. Oh. And also the price point. Are you even, are you kidding me? <laughs> What? This is, is this is this 2016? What's going on with these prices? Holy crap! All right, Seth. I, it's. I mean, John nailed it. It's. I knew it was his new his the you know I saw it was new factory and then you start I was you know right when I was lining up researching that it was his own factory and you're like oh my gosh why didn't you do this years ago so it was. It's a great blend. Um, nice, just nice flavor profile. They all smoked really well. They've been consistent. It's he's he's doing a good job, and it's it's great to see him succeed because he's kind of one of those, you know, smaller guys that's 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 doing it. So, yeah, I'm thrilled for him. Great year for HVC. Absolutely. All right, it is that time to reveal the number one cigar of the year for development palettes. We're doing it. We're gonna. We're just gonna stop it here, right? And do it next week. Next yeah. Monday. We'll yeah. We'll just. Uh, maybe we'll just do it like. Uh, do it next year. Maybe just present it at the PCA trade show or something. Oh, there you go. There you go. Power. That would be, That would actually be pretty cool to do it there. Yeah. Um, just run around to the different booths and and do the show. Nice. That'd be kind of slick. Um, change the trash. Someone's talk. gonna. Someone's gonna take the. Uh, Someone's gonna. Someone should run with that idea. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially because of the show to like in January, beginning of yeah. February. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Here we are. Number one cigar of the year. This is also June's favorite cigar of the year, so it worked out. Uh, obviously, all of our kind of our top fives for this to make this happen, but uh, it is the Patina Anniversary. So June. Since it was your favorite cigar this year, you had the honors of starting this off. What were your thoughts on this cigar? Oh, this was awesome. Um, this is like the cream of the crop of Connecticut Broadleaf. Like everything in terms of what you want in Connecticut Broadleaf. The chewiness, the the the, the fuller body, uh, the rustic flavors. But the, the rustic flavors are always like really great chocolate, kind of um, coffee note backed. Um, this was surprising, you know. I, I, uh, I, I mean, surprising for number one, I guess, but not surprising that it's like a cigar because I felt like when Mo moved everything to I think Naxa, right? Yeah. Um, just in general, like all of his lines, uh, have become much better. Not that they were bad, but like much better. Um, and this is definitely uh, happy to be number one. It's hard to find though. That's the elite shit part. You can't really find these anywhere to buy. Yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the issue. Uh, John. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a trend thing to do number ones that are hard to find, right? Otherwise everyone could buy them and then they're just going to disagree with us this way. They can't buy it and they can't disagree with us. Uh, no, this, um, 
I agree with everything June said. Um, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a throwback to like, you know, when five, six years ago when people used to put out lots of banger Connecticut broadleafs and it's just been harder to find really good Connecticut broadleafs. And so when I lit this up, I was like, Oh man, this takes me back because it's just, it's all of the elements of broadleaf that I enjoy without making it too strong, without making it too heavy on the palate. Um, and it was just a delight to smoke. Um, you know, it's a few bucks, but it's not, it's not crazy for an anniversary cigar. It's pretty reasonable. Um, this is, you know, it's, it's just, it was a real, it was a real delight to smoke. And, uh, you know, uh, with Patina moving to the new factory, I think I think they're just they're gonna have a really great year in twenty twenty four. Seth, I mean, awesome broadleaf. It's it was up there with you know Tatuaje's great broadleafs, Nick's great broadleafs. It's just it was. I mean, it was rich. It was. I mean, it was it was perfect. It was almost. It, <laughs> It's, you want to say perfect because you're like this is just a great experience. It's just like awesome job on a broadleaf. Isn't this his like first and only broadleaf too? I yes. can't remember if he's done another. Yeah, so. yes. uh, yeah. This is his first broadleaf. Yeah, yeah first yeah. broadleaf. Yeah, dude, never do another. No, yeah, never don't do another come one, out with man. More. Don't fuck never it do he's, another. He's done a shade just, before, but this is the first broadleaf. Yeah, just just do this and be like, why don't you do another one? I don't fucking need to. So yeah. it's it was fantastic. Wild water on top. Yeah, no, it's. It, I would love to smoke these all the time. Mm. Yeah, it was a wonderful cigar. Uh, I don't know, flavorful, enjoyable, just nice. Um, you know, kudos to Mo and in, in making it. You know, five year anniversary, all that. Um, and it's just a fantastic cigar. You know, from a young small company. I mean, um, you know, it's not. Um, it's not like he has a workforce that's you know pounding down the doors out there. He's kind of a you know one man show, really doing this, uh, you know, doing this and putting some good blends together. So it was really well done, and congratulations, Ken, for and and also um, one of the one of the few times where um, you know the cigar consistently scored across the board for all of us. Like everyone on the panel was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is something special." Yeah, and it was early yeah. in the year. Yeah, that was a surprise. And it was just like it, it just one, you know, once we kind of smoked, I think we smoked this kind of around May. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of a wrap. Um, you know, you don't know what the you are going to hold, but <laughs> that was a know. wrap. Yeah. yeah. So. Seth, Seth, I remember you texting me, uh, and then you're like, don't fuck this up. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, 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 I was smoking it. <laughs> you smoking it, and you're like, don't fuck this up, Jude. I was like, whatever, man. <laughs> I did tell you that. Good for you, man. You didn't do it. You fu- you didn't fuck it up, man. <laughs> All right. So here's a recap of the full list. Uh, there you go. Patina anniversary at the top. Uh, the rest of them down below. Uh, so that's 25. We had to tie at 22. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the list. Uh, if anybody in the chat has any questions, they want to fire our way. I saw Stace asked at one point if we uh, re-smoke anything. Um in this process and and we do not I mean, um, we'd love the, to but yeah no, we have a life it, yeah i mean it's it a would, lot of cigars would, man yeah it would cut down <laughs> on the number of cigars we can actually review um and uh i feel like this is the way to do it um it's as if you were just a regular consumer picking up a cigar out of a humor and you know you kind of documenting your process on on what you smoke through the year and 
the cigar was what the cigar was as you scored it. Um, there's no adjustments or anything like that. So no uh, mulligans, no, you know, retries, any of that stuff. It's just um, the point in time. There's four people smoking each of these cigars and they each have their own experience. And the cigars that can that can speak to more than one of us is going to be the ones that make it on these lists. So uh, it's good to see. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I- I think the other thing to keep in mind is um, when, and people may not be aware, but when we when you post the top twenty five, there's going to be links below um, to so show individual lists that sort of made up this this combined list. So if you're curious yeah. as to, you know, because we don't we don't line up one hundred percent, but um, it sometimes it's kind of interesting if you, if you have a reviewer like if you say, you know. McTavish doesn't know anything about cigars and his tastes don't match mine at all, but June matches everything I like. You can go and look at June's list and say, okay, you know, here's the list that I like and, and it's all there for you. So. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So like John said, uh, this is going to publish, uh, on the website tomorrow. Uh, the video will go on YouTube. Uh, the page will go up on the website. Um, there'll be links to each of the reviews. Um, for each cigar next to it. And then at the bottom will be each of our individual lists. So you can check out what was on our list um, to kind of go from there um, and see how it shakes out. Um, some other items to uh, look forward to in the coming week. Uh, next Monday, uh, we will be doing our annual year end recap show. So uh, we will be on there along with some of our other cigar media brethren to chat about uh, the 2023 cigar year, um, highs, lows, uh, look ahead in 2024. It was a fun show, so you can come and join us. Uh, next Tuesday, we will publish our uh, value list. Um, so the best cigars that uh, give you a bang for your buck, not the best low-cost cigars, but uh, the ones that provide the most value. Some of these cigars will be on that list. Uh, and then next Friday... Uh, we will publish our kind of behind the behind the scenes numbers, so you'll get to see uh, all of our average scores, um, how we scored uh, samples versus not samples, how we scored uh, advertisers versus non advertisers, uh, how we scored by country, all those fun facts that you can kind of see behind the scenes and make sure that we are doing what we say we're doing. We don't have any biases one way or the other, and all that good stuff. So to be as transparent as possible. So. Lots of stuff to look forward to there. Hey, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Jay Davis from Blue Smoke of Dallas would like to know if if you want to, if you feel comfortable saying what each person's number one, individual number one was for uh, 2023. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can share that. So uh, June's was the patina. Patina. Uh, Seth's was the uh, Liga Pravada H99 Papas Fritas. All day, yep. buddy. Uh, John's was the uh, Las Vegas Provincia CMW. Smoke Espanol every day? Yeah, and I had a tie at the top. Um, oh. And it was Way a three-way tie. Up. I had a three-way tie at the top. And those oh. three cigars were the Papasaka, the Davidoff Year of the Rabbit, and the JRE Aladino Limited Edition. So, Talk about three radically different profiles to tie at the, absolutely. At the top. Absolutely. Yep. That is so, a... That is a what was yours, John? The the uh, Lasas Provencia. Yeah, yeah, I really like that cigar. I mean, Patina, I think was either 
I think patina was still in my top. I mean, I'll look at it tomorrow, but <clears throat> that I, I mean, like, that patina Seth, was definitely. You like the patina quite a bit too, I think. Yeah, so I can tell you the patina. So yeah, patina like I was like was, the lowest on the patina, and I was still really high on the thing. Yeah, patina was uh, June's number one. Uh, it was John's number four, my number four, and Seth's number five. Yeah, so there you go. that's how it works. It was so that's how you cigar. that's how you get number one. There you go. That's the that's the secret. Mm-hmm. Make a good cigar and make yep. sure that everyone enjoys it. And there you yep. go. Easy easy that's math. Oh, Tatuaje was yeah. Tatuaje was my number number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it. Uh, thank you everybody that tuned in. Um, Aaron, where can uh, where can people complain if they want to complain about their cigar not showing on the list? Uh, you can reach us anywhere. Uh, you can do uh, info at developingpalace.com. You can message us on Facebook. You can uh, comment on this video on YouTube. You can do it on Facebook. You can. Slide into our DMs on Instagram, whatever you'd like to do, however you want to do it. Um, you can reach out and, and that. So um, I want to be sure to thank June and Seth and John for another wonderful cigar year. Um, lots of stuff happened this year. Um, so I, I appreciate all of your time, even when it was hard uh, to do it. Um, but I want to thank you guys. Um, what a what a fucking year for reviewing cigars for me, man! It's fucking nuts, yeah. by the way. Uh, it's, yeah. I'm just just to break down that reality there. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate 2024, you 2024, man. Everything, yeah. So I'm looking. We had any good ones year. this year? Yes, we have. Uh, have we? That we spoke. <clears throat> I don't know. Let's let's not peak in May yet. though. Let's okay? like tease. <laughs> let's just tease a little <laughs> let's, bit. Let's, let's not let's not knock it out. The Halligan. Are you All calling right. it? Are you start, saying Halligan twenty twenty four number one? No, I'm just saying we started out. I think Saka's the first. But Saka, our first cigar that we're viewing for twenty twenty four. That was the first. That's the first. The Krakatoa. That's the first yeah. one. Uh, yeah. yeah. Krakatoa. 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 The sound heard around just, the world. Hey, didn't that? Didn't that just make a list? No, it, it made a list, but not our list. Yeah, not our list. Yeah, it made the consensus. Consensus. There you go. Yeah. No, Jay, we did not do a list of our best top five takes, but someone would like to put that together. You're more than welcome to. Best five, best takes. That's take. interesting. Um, I'm going to give that you some know, thought, just, but I don't know if that'd be easy oh, to like do because I'd have to download. Takes? No, the um, hot takes, I think, on the video recaps. I did go back and listen <laughs> to the patina, the patina video today. Just uh-huh. in preparation for tonight, and the the whole broadleaf like don't make any broadleafs did come up in that conversation, <laughs> 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 or or you got to take two years off before you do a broadleaf again or something like that. So, hey, God yeah. forbid, if you make a regular production, we'll beat your we'll beat yeah, the shit. Don't don't mess yep. it up. Don't mess yep. it up. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right, everybody. Thank you. Um. I would love to hang out and do a chat or something like that, but uh, we do have to do other things in our lives. But. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Like I said, a list will go up on the website tomorrow so you can go ahead and pick it apart some more. Uh, but we really appreciate um, everyone tuning in. That was fantastic. Thank you for joining us. And uh, looking forward to a great 2024 cigar year. Uh, see you guys next week on the uh, Media Recap Show. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Bye, y'all. Adios.